Welcome to another episode of the Father Ted Talk, broadcast here at the National Shrine of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton in Emmitsburg, Maryland. Now here's Father Ted. One day, a woman by the name of Susan went to meet up with her friend Michael, who had moved away from their hometown a couple of years earlier. They'd been childhood friends. And Susan decided that she wanted to surprise Michael, so she didn't tell him that she was going to drop by. And when she did, she was shocked by what she saw in his apartment because the place was an absolute disaster. There were dirty clothes everywhere. The food had not been cleaned up. There was mold all over the walls, cobwebs galore. There was an aroma to match all of this as well. And he wasn't in much better shape himself. Michael had been unemployed for a number of months and there was no job prospect on the horizon, not because he was a bad person or a bad employee, just he hadn't bothered to apply for a job. He was also in horrible health, hadn't seen a doctor, hadn't taken any meds, and he was suffering from depression. And so Susan is a very strong-willed individual and she cares about Michael, and so she decides to actually stick around for a while and help him get his life back in order. And so she starts to take him to the doctor to get his health concerns taken care of. She starts to help him to fill out resumes to apply for jobs. They go to a counselor so that he can start getting his depression treated. She puts a little bit of order in the apartment. And after a couple of weeks, things are looking a lot better. A couple months later, he's got a job. The house is clean. He's doing better physically and mentally. And so Susan says, okay, she's going to go back home and, you know, say, you know, visit her family and everything and her friends back in their hometown but it's just going to be a quick visit and so she's with her family and then a week later she comes back and everything is back to the way it was before the apartment is a disaster he has lost his job he has stopped taking his meds it's as if she had never been there it all went back to this chaotic disorder This little parable about Michael and Susan is an analogy of what happens in our lives if we are not connected with God, if God is not in our lives, if the Lord is not present in our homes, if you will. We are like Michael, who without God, who in this case would be Susan, we we are lost. Like there's nothing that's gonna be very, operating very well in our lives if the Lord is not present in them. Now, the key thing for us to understand is that God is present in our lives if we have grace, if we're in the state of grace, if we've been baptized and if we've been to the sacrament of reconciliation when necessary, and that presence of God is strengthened or increases to the proportion that the life of grace is strengthened or increased within us. So the more sacraments we receive, the more commandments we follow, the more docile we are to the Holy Spirit, the more charitable we are to our neighbor, These are things which are going to put more and more order into our lives. We're going to be cleaner, spiritually speaking. We're going to be healthier, spiritually speaking. So fundamentally, God orders our lives through grace. But there's also the need for us to have, to put our attention on God, to be aware that he's present in our lives, to be thinking about God. We need to be recollected, is the term that's used in the tradition. We need to put the eyes of our mind on God throughout the day, 
on a regular basis because we receive the sacraments at least once a week, hopefully more. We pray a couple times a day, hopefully. We try and always follow the commandments. You know, we try and be charitable to our neighbors, but in a kind of continual way, the way to make this presence, this life of grace within us more continuous, perpetual, ongoing, steady, is by being recollected, is by putting the eyes of our minds on God. In today's gospel, we see an example of what happens if we take our eyes off the good Lord. We have this storm breaking over the Sea of Galilee, the apostles are being knocked around in their boat, they're afraid that it's gonna sink, Jesus shows up walking on the water, Peter says, let me come to walk to you on the water. Jesus says, come. Peter goes walking on the water. It's all going great. And then he takes his eyes off the Lord and he sinks. This is something that can happen in our lives. We will sink in the midst of all of our troubles and difficulties and crosses and tribulations if we're not recollected, if we're not putting our eyes on God, if we're not calling to mind the fact that he's present with us at all times. The storm in this gospel passage represents the challenges and trials of life. And so we all go through storms and trials. It is our common lot. It is what we all experience on this earth. The question is, are we gonna choose to look at the storm breaking all around us? Or are we gonna look at God Almighty? Are we gonna look at the storm of life or are we gonna look at the Lord of life? And the storm of life could be anything. Everybody's got a different storm going on. Sometimes it's like a physical illness, a chronic ailment. Sometimes it's financial woes. Maybe a child has left the practice of the faith. Maybe there's something happening spiritually in our lives. Maybe we have some sort of struggles in our parish group. You know, maybe there's just some concern about an upcoming deadline and we're just really anxious about it. There's a storm. There's something chaotic. There's something painful. There's something scary. And do we choose to look at the storm or do we choose to look at the Lord? That's not to say that we shouldn't consider our problems at all. You know, it's not as if you want to go through life and say, okay, I have no money in my bank account and I have no job upcoming. Ah, but don't worry. I'm going to look at Jesus and he's going to take care of it. Like, no, you should take steps to solve your problems. But you should take steps to solve your problems. You should be looking at the storm prudently in the presence of God never neglecting the fact that God is with you. You're not alone in the storm. And not developing tunnel vision, not looking exclusively at the storm. So yes, we have to consider our problems, go to doctors, apply for jobs, you know, talk to people about the faith. But we don't want to imagine it's us in the storm. But let's remember the Lord is there and he's on top of the storm. This practice of keeping God in mind, thinking about the Lord continuously, being recollected, is defined as the concentration of the soul on the presence of God. You know, we call it recollection. Just think about that. You are collecting again. You are recollecting. You are collecting your senses. You're collecting your capacity to think. You're collecting your mind. You're collecting your eyes. You're collecting your imagination. You're collecting your memory. You're sort of gathering it all together and you're focusing it on God, as opposed to being dispersed, thinking about 1,200 different things. But when you're recollected, you're sort of focusing, you're sort of drawing together to a singular point. 
you're thinking about the one thing necessary, namely the good Lord. The Bible talks about it in several places. You know, Psalm 15 says, I kept the Lord ever before my eyes. And the Lord himself, as well as St. Paul, told us to pray without ceasing. So how do you pray without ceasing? You don't sit in the church all day from sunup to sundown and then all through the night as well. But you pray without ceasing by keeping God in mind as you go through your day, as you do what you got to do, as you attend to your duties, as you fight your way through the storms of life. When we have God in mind as we go about our daily duties, we're imitating the angels. In the Gospel of Matthew, the Lord says, the angels always see the face of my Father. They're always looking at God. They're always got their eyes, their angelic eyes on God. But let's remember, the angels are also really busy down here on earth. We've got guardian angels and we've got other sorts of angels operating here on earth. But they're always looking at God at the same time. That's what we want to do. We want to live here on earth, do what we got to do, be attentive to our obligations and duties while being angelic and keeping our eyes on our Father. Just as God is continuously being merciful to me, thinking about me, providing for me, sustaining me in being. God is always doing that every second of my existence. So too, I want to be thinking about God. Don't have it just be a one-way street where he thinks about me all day long and I think about him for five minutes a day. St. Bonaventure says that to do this, to practice this presence of God, to be recollected, is a sort of foreshadowing of heaven. Because in heaven, you're just going to be gazing upon the Father. That doesn't sound necessarily too exciting when it's expressed in those terms, but it is the source of all happiness and bliss, and we can sort of get a foreshadow, an appetizer of that to the extent that we gaze upon God while still on this earth. So if we are recollected, we're not going to be overwhelmed by the storms of life. But the question is, how do you do that in a more practical way? Because it can't be. It, it would be nice if you could do this, where all day long, in your imagination, you just picture Jesus right at your side. That would be great. You know, you're on the bus, you think of Jesus sitting next to you. You're in the kitchen, you think about Jesus standing over there by the counter. You're driving your car, you imagine Jesus taking the wheel. You are just like, you know, exercising, you imagine Jesus to be walking alongside you. That would be great. But as one old spiritual author put it, it would break our heads. Nowadays, we just call it like, it would just be overwhelming. It's too taxing. You just can't be realistically expected to do that. It's inhuman to always have that in our imagination. So how do you be recollected if you can't be imagining God there at all times? First of all, you have to make an act of faith that he's always there. You have to believe that no matter where you are, no matter what's going on, the Lord is there. No matter how dark the storm is, no matter how bright the lightning is, no matter how big the waves are, the Lord is in the storm with you. And the other thing is to make some acts of the will, they call them. St. Bonaventure says aspirations, sighs of the heart, just like to long for God, an ardent desire. So not necessarily like a tangible concrete phrase or sentence, that could be there. But the same way like a sick, a sick person is in constant pain and they're just like, I just want to be healthy. I want to be over this. I want to be done with this. They're 
aspiring for help. They're longing for help. They don't say it every moment of their day, but they're always aspiring for health. And so to us who are spiritually sick or deprived or malnourished, we should have this continuous aspiration for God, this continuous longing for God, this kind of lifting up of our hearts to him at all times. But at times this continuous aspiring for God can be expressed in exclamatory prayers. And this is sort of what I want to conclude with. This kind of prayer where throughout the day you have little phrases. Because most of us realize I'm supposed to pray. So we're going to be very efficient about it. I'm going to wake up and I'm going to knock out a half hour of prayer and then I've prayed today. Good. Check. And then we'll pray again tomorrow. That would be like a cannonball of prayer. And that's good. You want to have cannonballs of prayer. You want to have these large, you know, magnificent moments of prayer. St. Francis de Sales calls it lighting a campfire. But along with that, you want to also have these, what St. Bonaventure called, fiery darts, these little arrows. And so don't limit your prayer to a single magnificent grand moment of prayer, or maybe just a long extended period of time, but rather pepper heaven with these arrows of prayer. And he says to do it when you change activities. So you're taking a walk. You praise the Lord of creation. Then you get back home. You thank God for your roof. Maybe it is you have to make a decision. You ask the Holy Spirit to illumine you. You're, just, you're fighting a temptation. You say, God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. Or you're remembering a sin and you say, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. Just like every time that there's something new happening, lift up your hearts to the Lord. And if we can do that more often, if we can find this recollection that's gonna help us to fight our way through life storms. May the Blessed Virgin Mary help us to always keep God in mind throughout our daily activities.